Welcome to Hype Louisville, where we bring you the most exciting things happening in our city and talk to the people making it happen. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew Beckman and Nathan Shanks. Let's get hyped. You're ready to hear it again, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've told it so many times, I'm used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I can tell. Well, uh, John, welcome. Um, why don't you uh, introduce our introduce yourself and then um, kind of walk us through the story of how Focus came to be? Yeah, absolutely. My name is uh, John Middle. I'm born and raised in in Louisville, Kentucky. Ended up uh, at the University of Louisville uh, Speed School for undergrad. Uh, got a degree in industrial engineering. Worked at GE Appliance Park for a little bit. Uh, then worked at GE Oil and Gas um, before I decided I wanted to go to med school. It's a little bit of a career switch, and a little foreshadowing there. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, at the time, I had an older brother and sister that um, were going through when I was in um, undergrad. Were going through med school or had just graduated, and you know, going in, I actually really wanted to do med school, um, but it was '08, right? The housing market was not really. Um, uh, would put us in a tough position, right? And you know, this whole time I'm, I'm thinking, you know, knowing how competitive it is to get into um, med school, uh, that if I went in with just a bio degree, you know, and I didn't get in, I don't want to be stuck in 2012 with no no degree. So at that time, industrial, you know, engineering as a whole had one of the lowest unemployment rates during that time, and I would get to work, you know, for three semesters during undergrad. So I thought it was a great idea. And I thought, well, I'll just do bioengineering. Then I, I fell in love with industrial engineering, which is basically the supply chain efficiencies, et cetera. And, um, so I started doing that and, you know, I was sold on that, um, until I started to work it and I got, uh, it was great experience working at GE appliance park, work on the line with the team, mm-hmm. but, uh, was not for me, you know, and, and obviously engineering is, is demanding, but, um, you know, the, the whole time through engineering school, I might drink some diet soda. I might drink an energy drink every once in a while. Um, but I, I never had coffee. I hated yeah. coffee. And, um, but fast forward to, uh, med school after the first semester, it's starting to catch up with me. Um, I'm starting, I'm, uh, Those I'm all nighters hurt. Yeah. 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 It really start to weigh on you. Um, and, even after getting the next day off and sleeping through. So, um, you know, I start to be a little bit more um, energy focused on, you know, energy drinks. Um, I had my first cup of coffee finally in my first semester of med school. And, uh, but it wasn't until I started second year, started to spend more time in the hospital and I started to feel worse, mm-hmm. right? And I was a little bit more health conscious, uh, a little bit more, um, uh, worried about what I was putting in my body. And, um, so, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, as I was in the hospital and I saw the, the, the issues with obesity, diabetes, you know, it's the world health organization says 80% of our chronic diseases in the world are caused by what we eat and drink. Yeah. And, um, you know, so you start looking at, everybody else. And then you start realizing maybe I shouldn't have this energy drink in my hand, right? Maybe I should be a little bit more worried about the artificial sweeteners that I'm putting in my body. And, uh, also I just hate the way they made me feel. 
Um, so one of the things that I had done so many times before was, um, check the vending machine and I hated the options. I mean, they were terrible. And those vending machines are all owned by, um, and they're all contracted out. So, you know, from the hotel to the hospital, Coke, Pepsi, Keurig, Dr. Pepper, they all pay Mountain to be Dew. there. Yeah. I mean, it is all con- contractually based. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, the, the night that I had the idea for focus, I had actually, um, I was in the library, it was about eight o'clock, nine o'clock. And I just wanted something that was going to get me another three or four hours of study. And the night before I'd had coffee, kept me up all night, uh, two or three, uh, felt terrible. And, um, also still hated it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I went back to the, to the, uh, vending machine and like I had done a thousand times before I knew it was in it. Um, but I was hoping that something had changed in the last 24 hours yep. and, uh, Obviously it hadn't. And I just came back with water. And I remember looking at this bottle of water thinking, why can't there just be caffeine in this? Right. Why does it have to have all of the, you know, 300% of your daily dose of vitamin B or your, the squarine or whatever other item or ingredients, sorry, are in there that are meant to alter your brain chemistry, give you a little bit more boost of an energy stuff. That's so well, uh, so, so poorly, sorry, studied, um, if at all. And, uh, so I, you know, when I looked at that bottle of water, I was like, why can't there just be caffeine in this? Something that's just going to give me that boost for a couple hours and mm-hmm. be done. I don't need an energy drink with 250, 300 milligrams. I mean, I think there is a, I think there's a new, and there's a new monster, or maybe it's bang that's coming out with 400 milligrams of caffeine, which is what the, um, which is what the FDA says, uh, you should not exceed. Yeah. Per day, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's some people day. that don't. Yeah. Yeah. Day. yeah. Yeah. So. In one drink. Yeah, I know. Right. So it limits your drinkability there. But. Um, but you know, no, there are people having more than one. Yeah. And that, that's right. a, that's a common, that's a common issue where, especially in a lot of the physical or manual labor jobs where people have early mornings and, and have taxing jobs until late in the afternoon, they're drinking a lot of energy drinks. Yeah. And they're seeing issues with, um, liver disease because that vitamin B that you're taking in builds up in your liver where it's stored and you can cause, excuse me, a lot of issues. So, um, you know, at this whole time through engineering school and through, uh, the first two years of med school, I'm, I'm driving for a gentleman named Tom O'Grady and Tom is a, um, a natural gas speculator. He's a trader. Um, and, um, you know, as we went from just doing odds and ends and really being Uber before Uber existed in, in Louisville, um, you know, he, he transitioned to a mentor for me. He started writing, he wrote me a letter of recommendation for um, med school, was really, you know, really um, invested in, in my future. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that, you know, he had just, he would always ask us, you know, hey, you're young, you have ideas. Um, I have some money. Let's, let's do something. You know, and we had a thousand ideas, 900 of which were bad. Uh, the rest were either going to cost too much money or had already been done. And, um, you know, one night I dropped him off and he, um, sent me a text when he got in and said, Hey, I meant to give you this article. Um, and it, you know, he sent me a picture of it and it said, uh, Red Bull does $5 billion in sales. And he was blown away because in his words, that stuff tastes like shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wanted to know if we could do something else, right? Was there a different, um, 
type of energy delivery, a little cleaner type. And, uh, you know, and I said, you know, I'm not really sure. I've just really wanted caffeinated water. And he was like, that may be the best idea you've ever had. Uh, what I didn't know was that he had just stopped drinking Coke Zero. You know, he was drinking six to eight a day, realized how bad they were for him. And, um, you know, that was never my, I never viewed soda or soft drinks as a energy source. Um, mm-hmm. But he had grown up with soda being a big part of his family, which we did not, right? So I didn't have that relationship uh, with soda or with, you know, drinking that for energy. Mm-hmm. So he decided one day he was just going to do LaCroix and coffee. So it, it was kind of this perfect set of circumstances that happened all within, um, I would say within a couple weeks mm-hmm. because I'd honestly, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Uh, I had found that there was something out there. I tried a few of them, thought they were okay. And, um, he was, uh, so from that moment on, he was on board and, and keep in mind that in addition to what we were experiencing, both Tom and I, um, CSDs or, or carbonate soft drinks were down quarter over quarter. Okay. Right. So Tom's looking at the market and seeing the, I don't want to say collapse because it's kind of, it's kind of stabilized, right? Mm -hmm. And there's always a market for this, but you're finding this giant shift in in the consumer market towards the better for you, right? right? Mm -hmm. And um, he's looking at that, seeing that sparkling water is continuing to grow. Coffee's growing, Mm -hmm. energy's growing, right? And um, soft drinks are dropping off. And for us, it was almost a perfect marriage of, uh, of, of two categories, right? And we were out at some beverage conference earlier this, um, or later in 2021, and there was a, um, three, a three-person panel, and they were all from the emerging brand side of Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And their, one of their comments was, if you're not blurring the lines between the categories now, your product's kind of out of luck because it, you know, there are some cases, uh, there's a brand called super coffee, which has done very well just being coffee, right. Mm-hmm. But they entered an established market. Yeah. There's liquid death, which has, uh, built its entire marketing, uh, or entire brand on marketing. Right. I mean, they are really good at it and yeah. they've got a high valuation, but it's just canned water. Right. And, you know, there's a host of other ones of those, but, uh, hey, what? Yeah, I mean, it, you. I mean, I, it's I want, canned water, and they call it liquid death. Yeah, but their branding and marketing is. Yeah, I think they had a campaign that was uh, send a video, post a video of you peeing your pants, and we'll send you guys a six month supply of water. <laughs> no, I mean it's like their 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 valuation is unbelievable. Hmm. What's up, everybody? It's Nathan Shanks. I wanted to interrupt really quick to talk about one of our sponsors, Shepherd Insurance. Shepard is one of the top 50 agencies in the nation with access to over 200 insurance companies. From business insurance, health insurance, personal insurance, or financial advising, we strive to protect our clients from the unexpected and offer a wide variety of services tailored to meet your current and future needs. If you'd like more information, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at, at NathanShanksInsurance or shoot me an email at inshanks at shepherdins.com. Let's get back to the show. Now, what do you what do you see, or like, um, with another company that maybe grows a little slower, more organically? Is the sustainability better? Or? Yeah, there's um, there's a uh, familiar with Pop Chips. No, I don't think so. I think if you uh, saw them in the grocery store, you'd know Pop okay. Chips. Uh, yeah, um, they had reached a hundred million dollar valuation, um, 
but had done it based purely on growing as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So the things that you run into are, um, things you run into are, I don't have a supply chain set up for this. Mm -hmm. I don't have the marketing dollars to spend on growing this in a very competitive set. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, they ended up selling for 20. I was about to say those companies are just trying to sell. Yeah. That's, that's their whole thing. But you know, when you look, they sold for 20 million. Yeah. hundred million dollar (laughs) valuations. So with the debt that they had with the outside, I mean, so people that had, you know, it's very common and we do the same thing where the people that come on early are, are shareholders. Right. And, you know, you look at this, um, you look at the team that's invested in this and they got nothing for all their work that they put into it. Wow. Right. People have been there since it was a $2 million brand, $3 million brand. So, you know, that was, you know, our whole thing is build this like it's going to be here for the next 30 years. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if we are establishing a category. Right. So, you know, um, but we didn't know any of that when we had the idea. We had no idea. Yeah. I mean, just, I cannot, you know, uh, underestimate or overestimate how little we knew. Right. Yeah. So it, it is a, um, something I think that, um, made my decision because obviously through this whole time, I'm still in med school. Right. Um, so that was October of 2015 for the idea. We started working on it for a year. Um, for 2016, we really got started mm-hmm. and, uh, my co-founder Tom had actually invested in a company in London called Harry Brompton's. They made an alcoholic iced tea. The gentleman who did all of the formulation and, and all the flavoring um, was actually worked for Diageo um, and, and helped create one of the largest energy drinks in Africa. Uh, he was based in London and part of the agreement was Tom will invest, but you work with us until we're happy with the formulation of focus. And um, when it's ready to go to market, that'll be the deal. Yeah. yeah. So, which made it unbelievably, um, uh, so much easier. I'll say that just because we had no idea where to start. I mean, yeah. um, and, um, it was during this time that we thought, why not do sparkling water as well? So we had originally had a, a flat in a, ca- mm-hmm. in a bottle, uh, caffeinated water. And then we had a whole line of, uh, caffeinated waters in a plastic which we mm-hmm. thought, you know, eventually we thought, you know, it's, it's tough to pitch this better for you, but not be better for the environment. Right. right? And, and plus we also found out that as a new company, you know, if you're not moving fast enough off the shelf, right. From the day that you produce it to the, to six months from then, that's, that's the window of peak carbonation. After that starts to diffuse out and it's no longer the same experience. Mm-hmm. Yep. And plus they wanted half a million dollars to make the, to make the, bottle design that we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tried to make that thing work for a year. Uh, and then it was a, we, w- we originally actually wanted to be an aluminum can because we thought LaCroix, every other sparkling mm-hmm. water is an aluminum can. Um, and our design company talked us out of that and said, if you want to be premium, you need to be in bottles, right? You need to have the opportunity to do glass one day, kind of like San Pellegrino, et cetera. Uh-huh. And um, uh, so we, we, we bought into that for a little too long. Um, but we, during that time we got the name down, which was probably the toughest process, part of the whole entire process, right? Because you're looking for something that explains what you do, what your product does without, um, without you having to, as a brand or as a product, make a claim because the moment that you make a claim, that's when they put that, 
these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so then you become a supplement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was a, that was kind of a second part of that whole process where we're just looking for a name and then we realize, okay, it's got to do this for us. And one day I was on a run and I just thought, why not call it focus? Yeah. Um, and, uh, the pH I thought would differentiate us from other brands out there called focus and allow us to trademark it. But it's that, um, that's tough because the spoken word, right. Right. How it sounds is, is what's trademarked. Right. So yeah. no one can tell if I'm saying focus with an F or focus with a pH. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, we went through a, another process where we ended up adding on clear cut focus, right? So we've actually ended up removing that from our cans and our latest designs that will launch in the middle of this year. But um, it is something that you'll see on vitamin water, smart water, they have glasso at the top. Uh, and, you know, using clear cut focus, the way I thought of it was, it's kind of like saying the Burger King Whopper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's this whole name that you can trademark, but people always refer to it as Whopper or, or mm-hmm. vitamin water. Yeah. And, um, you know, so this is, we end up hiring our first person January of 2017, one of my best friends from high school. Um, and he's doing all of our production. Again, no beverage experience, yeah. no production experience either. Yeah. Uh, and um, July, we hire our second uh, team member, um, my brother-in-law. Um, you, 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 and then I hired my cousin who does our deliveries. And then my sister who did all our social media. You know, they, they were great. They still are great. Um, and it, it just, it's tough to find people that want to take a giant risk with yeah. you. Right. I mean, both the first two hires left high paying jobs, mm-hmm. right. To do this for just a piece of it. And then the opportunity. Right. Um, and you know, I attribute a lot of that to Tom because Tom's a very, he, he's successful. Um, but he's also a, a very passionate about what he does. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's a very emphatic leader and he gets a lot of buy-in from these guys. And you know, they, they I would, I like to say that they, you know, they, they were interested because of focus, because of the product. Mm-hmm. They made the leap because of Tom, right? There's a lot gotcha. of confidence that comes with Tom. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so this is, well, we get our first production run in September. During September, I'm doing an away rotation for ophthalmology. I've decided this is what I want to do. Decided this in July of of 2016. So right after I take step one, which is the first board exam, which if you do well enough, it gives you an easier path to more competitive fields. So, and I'd really liked ophthalmology had worked with a few of the guys when I was doing some of my rotations and thought this is so cool. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing all of my research in that. Um, I do an away rotation at, in Charleston at MUSC and the week that we launch or week we get product, we haven't launched yet. The week that we get product is my last week there. And I'm in the clinic and I'm getting text calls, you know, and I'm starting to realize, you know, I'm going to do one or both of these really poorly. Yeah. Uh, and that was my big concern. Uh, and during that whole time, I'm also studying for step two, oh my gosh. which isn't going very well because I'm spending a lot of time on website edits, um, you know, the stuff that... We're learning we now need a pricing um, pricing creation. What's that yeah. look like? Even if we're doing direct deliveries, we have to have something built in so that when we bring on a distributor, we don't eat into our margins again. Yep. What do we want to be like in the market? I mean, we have a, we had a giant spreadsheet of products at Whole Foods, 
Target, Kroger, understanding what they look like across the market. Yep. And um, so I, I, I finish up that rotation in Charleston. I come back and we launch, right? And this whole time I'm still thinking, I'll do residency. This will take years to go through. You know, we've got a lot to learn um, and uh, it'll be fine. At, at the very least, I'll get through some of the first year, which is either internal medicine or surgery, which is like your um, before you go into your specialty. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll give me some training and experience and it'll make what I've done worth it. And, you know, I'll, I'll start to get some more of uh, that way if I want to come back. Yeah. I'm not out of luck. Yeah. And um, so we get our first 10,000 cases and, and we sell our first one on Amazon um, October 1st. And then we start going after the Heine Brothers here in Louisville, uh, Paul's Fruit Market, um, the Fresh Time, Lucky's. And the whole time we're still thinking, okay, well, we just need to, we're, at this point in time, we're starting to go into the Kroger's and ask what we can do. Mm-hmm. Right? And they don't have any time for us. And, you know, Target, we're realizing this isn't how it works. Whole Foods, forget it, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but we're still selling a lot of water. And, you know, I, I used to do this thing with Tom where every single night for the first three months, he would text me and say, who bought on Amazon? And I would go through the list of people that purchased <laughs> and you know it was doable in the beginning, yeah. uh, but it would be. I don't know them. Do you know them? Oh, I know that guy. I know that guy who purchased. I don't know them. Trying to see who bought our product that wasn't a friend or family. Yeah. Uh, every single night, uh, and you know, at that time, I actually loved it because I would find out who was actually wanted to drink our product, and then as yeah. months went on, you'd say, yeah. "Oh, this person bought." Um, did they, have they ever bought previously? Yeah, they bought last month. I still don't know them. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, so all this stuff's going really well and, you know, you get right to about Christmas of 2017 and, um, we're almost out of product, right? Something that we thought would take, you know, a year to sell. Mm. We're about out. I mean, the manager of the Heine brothers called me and said, are you guys going to the stores and buying it out? We're like, no. She's like, well, it's really moving. Uh, which was, you know, all these things come together then realizing that um, I've got to make a decision because mm-hmm. right. um, we're going to have to put more money into this to do a bigger run. We're going to need more people. We're going to have to really go after the big retailers. And, um, you know, it was uh, once we started to run out, I said, uh, you know what? Let's do this. Tom said he'd put in some more money. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, we're almost out of this product. And, um you know, I, I ended up just uh, telling my mom, who was excited, told me, you got to do it. Telling my dad, whose response was, really? Um, <laughs> that's not the decision I would make. Uh, and then um, I had to tell the associate chair of uh, ophthalmology, who I'd been working with since my, you know, the start of my third year, at the end mm-hmm. of my second year, doing research, setting up away rotations, et cetera. And I, I went to him a few days after uh, Christmas because when you match in, in residency, most matches happen in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, you match with your residency program. Um, and except for ophthalmology and a few others, maybe plastics, uh, you do January, an early match. Gotcha. So I knew that it would, what would be worse than me deferring residency would be me deferring residency after I matched, after I took up a spot right. and took, aced out someone else that, um, 
you know, maybe U of L would have wanted more mm-hmm. um, if um, I had not been there. Right. Right. So I had to, so I told him and I came and saw him a few days after Christmas and he said, um, Hey, John, you ready for match day? We got you ranked pretty high. <laughs> and I was like, about that. Um, and, uh, you know, his, it, all of this was just kind of a reality check because he was like, um, excuse me, uh, you're pulling out. And I was like, yeah. And he said, you'll never match an ophthalmology again. It's too competitive. It was, and it wasn't like a vindictive thing. It was just, right. it's such a competitive field right. that it's, it's not going to happen for me if I wanted to go back. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I realized that. I mean, so at this point in time, in a, two minutes, he's told me that they've got ranked high. So my first choice, U of L, I'm most likely be getting into. Uh-huh. And then that if I pull out now, I'll never get in to, re- to ophthalmology again. Wow. And, um, you know, I told him I understood and I appreciate everything he'd done for me, but I didn't want to put him in a bad place with match. And then I mm-hmm. gave him a bottle of bourbon, Blanton's, and, you know, he was like, man, I love this stuff. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, so, um, bourbon helps everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually saw him at a wedding of one of the, of uh, my friends. Um, and he was, uh, at, you know, asking how it was going. He was like, listen, man, if you want to endow a chair one day, Maybe we get you back into ophthalmology. You should help the focus wing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so that really um, that solidified everything. You know, I ended up going. The match celebration is in March for all the med school, and I actually went there and handed out product to all of my classmates while awesome. um, they all match. And I was like, okay, a lot of reality setting in, right? Yeah. And um, yeah. ended up graduating in May 2018, and. And uh, going full time focus. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So you still, um, you were even, and I, this is because I'm unfamiliar with the process, but you match in January. You still take your boards, your step two. Oh, so the step two I took in uh, right after I got back from my away rotation in October. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and during the step, I mean, it's a, I forget, is it six or eight hour long test? Um, start in the morning, you get a 45 or 30 minute break for lunch and your time. So you can, you can take the break how you want. Right. Um, so I took the lunch break, checked my phone. I had a bunch of missed calls and I actually did a conference call between the two sections on the website launch because they weren't happy with it. (laughs) And I I remember sitting down after that. I was like, John, you're an idiot. (laughs) That was a bad idea. Uh, you know, that kind of solidified even more that I, should probably make a decision. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a tough period, tough few months. Um, but you know, it really didn't think much about the time it took. It was just, it was like the, the reality of your dream setting in was yeah unbelievable. So what did you have to do med school wise from the time you deferred till May? Was there any sort of yeah, I had a few rotations that I had to finish up. So okay. I had to go to gotcha. do internal medicine at the VA. I had uh, I had a few electives um, that I had to do. Okay. Um, but you know, there's a reason that they say fourth year is the year doctors learn to play golf. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of free time. Uh, oh, and if okay. you if you front load it uh-huh. in your first semester of your fourth year, mm-hmm. you can have a few months off. So yeah. mid April, I was finished. We graduated mid May. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I started working. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 What was the response of your classmates when you were handing out the focus at, at the matching? Uh, it was overall positive. Yeah. A lot of confusion. Yeah. A lot of confusion. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but to this day, uh, 
it's funny when I tell people that are not in medicine that I deferred residency, mm-hmm. you know, the response is always, are you crazy? Yeah. Are you an idiot? Uh, <laughs> but whenever I tell people that are practice medicine, the response has always been smart decision. Yeah. Good for you. Right. And there's, it's kind of a disenchantment with medicine at the current time. Right. Yeah. So it's been uh, a lot of supporters in medicine, a lot of confusion outside of medicine. So I've experienced something kind of similar, but when I stopped practicing law, uh, non-lawyers were, were like, what are you doing? You know, I don't understand. And every lawyer who was in the courthouse every day were like, man, I wish I did something like that yes. years ago. <laughs> yeah. I, wish I, I, I remember this one guy, he was like, man, I've, been want, I've wanted to be a pilot, you know, and he's a successful defense attorney, very successful. Uh, made a great living, but he's like, I hate, I hate it. Yep. I wish I had been a pilot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, no, that uh, always happens. I swear. Yeah. It's, it's always, yep. the idea of medicine is, and the reasons you're going into it are so different once you're in it and working. It's almost like with anything where, you know, mm-hmm. the grass is always greener. Oh, yeah. and, and there's a lot of, obviously a lot of people in medicine that love what they do and oh, yeah. very right. passionate about it. But, you know, it's, it's changed from, I think, from the good old days mm-hmm. uh, to we're so much time charting and so much paperwork. And, yep. you know, obviously COVID has not helped with people's right. yeah. um, yep. uh, medicine or they're, they're, uh, they're kind of burnt out. Yeah. Right. So. No doubt. Yeah. But it's, it's a, um, I have not looked back and thought, man, I made a huge mistake. Uh, yeah. It was a little nerve wracking during COVID when it first launched because, you know, we, 2017, you know, we, we, October, 2017, we launched, we don't do a, we do a full production run in, um, February, right. Where we're actually going after things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where we're going after the big chains. We want to get into Kroger, et cetera. Yeah. And, uh, we're starting to realize that you have to have a broker, right. You have yeah. to do the review schedules, right. You have to, they want to see this syndicated Nielsen, um, something they call IRI data where, they want to know how you do, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's tough if you're just poles. Yeah, chicken. Right? Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. rainbow blossom, yeah. it's yeah. very challenging to say, look how well I do, right? But, you know, right now at Pauls, it's unbelievable. We sell across four Pauls locations, we sell 600 12 packs a month. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, uh, but that's a number I can talk about. Right, I can I can use it as an example of of where we belong and who our customer is, mm-hmm. but I don't I I can't take that invoice to Kroger or Publix, right? That's right. They're really indifferent to that. So yeah. we didn't have syndicated data, and the problem was we didn't have anyone that wanted to give us a shot. Right, right. right. It's mm-hmm. classic. Yeah, egg. yeah, yep. exactly. So we, um, you know, when this time we're we're deciding to go after the big guys, we're learning a lot uh, about how you get into them, what it's going to take. And, you know, uh, in the meantime, we're simply concentrating just on, on Louisville, mm-hmm. right? Like we have to own where we're from. There's so many more opportunities that yep. we haven't even touched. And, um, you know, so we're running that while simultaneously trying to get into Kroger's, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, actually it's funny. The way that I, we got into Kroger was the, my UPS driver, kept seeing all this stuff. Like I'd have a focus shirt on. He'd see the deliveries of focus being mm-hmm. brought in. And he's like, what's focus? Uh, and I, and I tell him it's a caffeinated sparkling water. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, 
he's like, all right, well, that's a great idea. Are you guys in Kroger? And I was like, no, we're trying to, but we can't get anybody. We don't know what to do. And he's like, oh, my wife's really good friends with the um, merchandising, the head of merchandising for Kroger Louisville division. And I was like, really? So he's like, hey, give me your number. I'll connect you. The merchandising lady says, oh, you're a Kentucky brand. Go speak with this distributor here in in Louisville. Um, I call them, show them the product. By um, uh, May of 2018, we're having a meeting right before Derby with the head of the entire Kroger division for Louisville. Wow. Uh, And um, she's like, well, you've missed the review, but I can put you on what we call shippers or little displays, right? Mm -hmm. And you can go in. And um, we actually stayed on that entire program for until April of 2020 when we launched and got shelf space. So we had to work with every store manager to say, will you keep this shipper here? Yeah. Right. And we weren't technically approved by Kroger corporate. So Kroger corporate does these tours all the time. So they would pull us off Mm -hmm. the floor. We had to go back, get it on the floor. Right. And then, you know, Goss Avenue was a really good store for us in the beginning. Really good. I mean, they gave us cold box. They let us put singles in. They let us put four packs on the shelf and in these big displays. And then the manager left. Yeah. And no matter how much we sold, told him that we sold, he didn't. He didn't care. Wouldn't put us back in. Oh my. So God. we lost that one for you know six months, eight months. Yeah. And uh, I used to spend every other Sunday in Lexington, going around and checking on the Krogers. Make and we would send the orders. Our distributor was great, got us in, but he was built for Kentucky Proud. Mm-hmm. for the items that don't move as quickly, higher mm-hmm. ring items. Yeah. And as we started to move really quickly, it was challenging for him to have people in, you know, these ended up at the time we just, we took it from 88 down to 50 of the best ones. Mm-hmm. And it was challenging for him to be in those 50 stores. So we would go in and we had a little Microsoft sheet that we created that's an order form. Mm-hmm. We'd do it before the set days, send him the invoice. And he would either... If he couldn't deliver it, we would deliver it under mm-hmm. their name. and um, Or we would send to them, they'd deliver it, we'd go stock the shelves. And we did that wow. for wow. a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of, wasn't that like all hands on deck type of thing? It wasn't just you? It was- yeah, no, it was, it was, um, my sister Mary was doing our social, was also in charge of most of those Kroger's. Yeah, she, I mean, yeah, so yeah. some of the displays and places that she got us early are still there for us, like mm-hmm. Hubbard's Lane. You know, uh, but we're at a point where, you know, we do on average 94 packs a month across these 88 Kroger's. But in reality, it's driven by the top 10. I mean, I think yeah. the top five do a thousand four packs a month. Wow. Right. So you get. Um, what are those? I'm curious. What um, Hubbard's Lane is one. Yeah. Holiday Manor is another. Mm-hmm. Holiday Manor and J10 or Hikes Lane area. Like. Uh, you're thinking oh, no, no, uh, no, no, Hikes no. Point. Hikes Point, yeah. Holiday Manor by Legendary and off. Yeah. Around, okay. Yeah. 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 So those are really big ones for us. Um, and uh, so we finally went into Kroger and they were like, you're in our stores? <laughs> and we yeah. were like, yeah. Yeah, we got approval from the little <laughs> division. They're like, oh. So then they said, okay, well, we'll put you on the planogram for Louisville division. So basically they just said, you had shippers, now you have a spot on the shelf. Yeah, nice. Cool. And, um, you know, 75% of your sales, no matter what displays you have, 75% of your sales, 70% come from the shelf. So the moment we went on the shelf, even though our sales were pretty good, mm-hmm. they doubled that month. Wow. Just because people could see it, right? Yeah. They could shop it. Oh, my it. gosh. And, um, you know, that was a big, that has been our data 
that we've used for everybody. I mean, if you now you can go in and look at IRR data and you can drop the you can look at it by sparkling water by division. So there's the mm-hmm. Atlanta division, there's Indy division, Kroger, Louisville division, et cetera. Yeah. And we're the number two sparkling water by sales for the Louisville division. Wow. Which is impressive when we're, you know, four pack is six ninety nine and a twelve pack of LaCroix is three ninety nine. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right. Yeah. yeah, so our dollar sales were were big and you know, that's been a big genesis for us. You know, Kroger will actually in February end up uh, expand us to an additional um, 550 Krogers from Nashville up until the Marianas in Chicago. Oh, wow. Uh, That's so we'll huge. get Cincy, yeah, Indy. Uh, right. They already gave us, um, in November, they gave us the Atlanta division of 185. Um, so wow. it, it oh, Kroger yeah. has been awesome to work with. Yeah. 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 yeah, they've been huge for us. And they've let us partner with them for all of our fundraising that we've done, whether it's cram the van every year, or we just did one for the tornado relief where we raised $167,000. Oh, wow. So, um, they've been an awesome partner. And the reason that we've got any, um, you know, opportunity, we've had any opportunity to expand, Mm -hmm. right? Because at that point, buyers love new products. Mm -hmm. They don't love being the first, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody likes the idea of something new, but you're going to take off something off the shelf that does move, does yeah. sell, even if it's not that much, right? And take something that you have no track record for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's most of our success, we, we owe to the, what we've done in Louisville and Kentucky, for sure. Yeah. yeah. How many states are you in now? Um, that's a great question. I would say that we are in uh, probably with, well, I, I won't count CVS because CVS is almost in every state. Um, okay. we're in about 1400 CVS locations across okay. the country. Wow. So, but if you don't count those because, cause you're, they're yeah. so sporadic and they're so small, we're probably in 25, 26 store, uh, states. Okay. Um, uh, we've sold in all 50 through our website or through mm-hmm. Amazon and, and, yep. um, but yeah, we, I just have the auto, the subscription. It just comes to my door every month. Yeah. And that's Great. actually, we saw how many people ordered on Amazon when we started, how many people continually came back? Uh-huh. And we were like, we have to have a subscription. Yeah. It's and awesome. our subscription service is um, one of our most successful uh, uh-huh. things that we have. I mean, I'd, we obviously have to do a better job of growing to new customers, but I would say over 60 to 70% of our sales on drinkfocus.com come from repeat buyers. Yeah. Yeah, return customers. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is big, which is a, you know, our, our lifetime value of our customers up. Uh, yeah. we've learned that the introduction of new flavors is a big way to keep people involved in the brand. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been a big part of our, last year we launched four, <coughs> excuse me, last year we launched four or I'm uh, sorry, this year, 2021, we launched four flavors and, uh, next year we'll launch three, oh, wow. um, that we'll just keep, whether we do a limited time offer, mm-hmm. um, we're getting to the point where you know, we're now able to go into a store and say, Hey, in July or May, we want to do, um, strawberry kiwi. Right. And they'll, mm-hmm. they'll put pallets down. They'll do it for a few months and you'll see this giant lift in sales. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's this evolution that, you know, I didn't even know you would do that instead of it until, uh, yeah. probably eight months ago. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Well, what, um, so three flavors coming out this year in 2022, um, you know, what kind of in that vein, what's next? 
for you for focus? Um, the it's been a big, obviously a big last two years. So in in one thing that I probably should mention is is the impact that getting into um, a distributor in New York City called Big Geyser has been for us. So uh, in May of 2019, I actually moved to New York, uh, and it's because Thanksgiving of 2018. They reached out to us and said, hey, can we get samples? Actually, uh, can you guys just come up for a meeting? And, you know, by the time I've, we have some people in the beverage industry, but not very many connections, and, and we're, only, we're only a year in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I called a guy we've been working with who helped set up our pricing, who had helped kind of with some, the basics of uh, beverage. And, he, and I said, have you ever heard of Big Geyser? And he was like, yeah, they're the largest non-alcoholic distributor in the country. Um, they are, they are the animals that turn monster into something special. Yeah, wow. uh, they are. Um, Mike Rapoli is the um, co-founder of uh, Vitamin Water and Smart Water. Mm-hmm. They launched first with Big Geyser, oh, okay. or quickly with Big Geyser. <coughs> Excuse me, and um, they did um, big. You know. Big guys are also did Honest Tea. They built Zico Water. All these guys launched there first, right? So we didn't understand the impact that they had until, you know, a little, like probably a month before we went in there. So we started to really have to make a, we made a presentation that's probably 60 pages. They didn't even look at it. So we had no idea what we were doing. Still, <laughs> continue our theme. Hey, everyone. Andrew Beckman here. I'm going to steal your ears for just a moment to thank one of our sponsors. The Beckman Group at Lenahan Sotheby's. For the past 10 years in Louisville, Sotheby's has been number one for sales above a million, number one for sales above 400,000, highest average sales price, highest average list price, highest sales production per agent, close to a 40% market share, and off market sales. There's a good chance we can sell your house at our weekly sales meeting. Please reach out to me if you'd like more information about how we can help you buy and sell real estate here in Louisville, Kentucky. You can find me on Instagram at akbeck03realtor or ping me at andrew at beckmangroupkentucky.com. Now let's get back to the show. Was there a benefit to kind of let's let's jump in the deep end and, and, and swim? You know, I think to this day, the lack of experience has obviously cost us, um, but it has formed that the it has molded the way that we think about attacking a market mm-hmm. or what we do that um, um, we had we been experienced beverage guys, probably wouldn't have done, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. We, we, yeah. we've hired people and, we, you know, we did this. Uh, um, we launched, for example, we launched public six months ago. And um, one of the things that I want to do is January is a big month for us. It's the, you know, better for you. Um, and uh, we gain a lot of customers there. So we've got a big promotion going in at Publix. But one of the things that I want to do was take our team from across the country, whether it's in the two guys we have in Seattle, the two guys we have in New York, plus our team in Louisville, um, and bring them down and hit about 13 cities in a 10-day period and sell in a bunch of secondary placements into these Publix saying, hey, we're on sale. Can I get a tie-in? Mm-hmm. Jeez, guys, sorry. <coughs> you me run and grab you another one? No, no, it's fine. The, the itching on my throat is killing me. So, um, we did, um, so we, knowing that 
we could get into secondary placements, right? Mm-hmm. The public store managers are really, really big on giving you more space if you're on a really aggressive deal. Mm-hmm. So being two for six nine nine, that's a, yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. So we went. We visited two hundred places, got one hundred and ten commitments, right for forty seven hundred four packs to go out across all these states. Mm-hmm. And we had a guy that had you know worked Coca Cola, had worked um, worked with us now, but. His response was, this is before the holidays. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, it's probably a waste of our time, waste of our money, right? But, you know, once we realized that these guys would play ball, right, we just gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. And it's the stuff that most people or experienced people probably wouldn't have done because if you're not a turkey or you're not some holiday item, mm-hmm. they don't want to talk to you. Christmas yeah. is so busy. They yeah. do so much of their volume in in November and December that talking about sparkling water, they're not really interested in. So we, um, but those are the kind of the ideas that, and that kind of hustle that we have, that if we were experienced beverage people, it's just, it's not the easiest way to do stuff. It's much easier to get in with the category manager and say, Hey, can we do this program? Can you put us on all these shelves? And they do it automatically. Yeah. Right. So it's that call them hustle cases, right? It's those extra cases that you get because of your hustle and the time you put in. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so going back to your question about what I do made the decision, I probably would have been honestly more hesitant, right? Knowing what I know now and the challenge it would bring, um, assuming I couldn't change any of the outcomes, um, I would still make that decision. I mean, it, it has, um, I'd have been a little more hesitant and more realistic about what it would take in the timeline, but, uh, it, it's, it's still one of the, um, coolest things I've, I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you start to experience a little bit of burnout, but uh, yeah. that's just as time, as things get busier. I mean, we, we have this thing where we stretch ourselves um, and then we'll hire people. Right. Yeah. And then we stretch. So we, we've just, we're at the point where we've stretched. So with the 700 publics and um, a grand total of 700 Kroger's being in our books by February, we've got to hire five new people. I've got to hire mm-hmm. someone for New York. Um, you know, we're at a point where uh, the first six months at Big Geyser in New York City, we launched in May of 2019 with them. We hired six people. I moved up there. And, you know, it was, a, it was a tough first six months. But one of the things that we did really well and went after quickly was uh, corporate locations. So um, we had already done uh, well out in Lyft, out in um, – uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had just in New York, we had just gotten into JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and all of these investment banks, Spotify, Hulu, any any big corporate location we were in. Mm-hmm. And that really started to turn for us Q1 of 2020. Uh, we were 100%, we were um, doubling what their uh, big geysers projections were for us for the first quarter. Uh, even with losing even with everything shutting down basically yeah. March 15th or 16th, yeah. <laughs> we, um, we were really ex- excelling. And with COVID coming through, you know, that was 75% of our business. We lost 92% of it overnight. Um, end up having to uh, cut part of the team and oh, been in this man. point where we've just been, you know, New York being one of the hardest hit is also being one of the slowest to come back. Right. Yeah. And, and September... October and November, 
were actually some of our best months ever because corporate was finally back, mm-hmm. right? And we didn't have any, we just got our first giant grocery store chain authorization up there, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we didn't have a place to really make a name for us. So we were just doing it in corporate locations. Yeah. And um, then, you know, the big concern is, I think we're better at handling it now, but with Omicron, people are pushing back, right? They're not. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're not open again until February 1st, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've done such a big push to make corporate successful for us because it's being where people live, work, and play. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of our success model. And um, I'm hoping that this will be a, you know, a blip in the timeline where we mm-hmm. can just get right back to it. But, you know, that we've we've done a lot of things that most brands wouldn't have done, right? Most brands wouldn't go after a Lyft or corporate headquarters, right? You know, we hired a guy who worked Keurig, Dr. Uh, cured Green Mountain coffee mm-hmm. and sold all these locations for years. So the the day he started working for us is the day he started just calling the same contacts. Yeah, right. And right. Um, it was a real, I mean, I think prior to COVID, four or three of our top 10 customers were corporate office affiliates. Man. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was a, you know, that was kind of a big pivot for us. We went straight to online, had a lot of growth in online, uh, unfortunately, most of the grocery stores stopped reviewing and said, we're going to keep the same products. Yeah. Talk to you next year. So all this stuff we had wow. done to build up, we lost. And then, yeah. for instance, ShopRite, it's one of the, um, yeah. uh, it's a number nine supermarket in the country by volume and dollars sold. Mm-hmm. They said yes to us in October of 2020. And we will um, officially launch with them uh, January, 2022. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. So like these delays and these things really made it challenging for us to take advantage of the momentum that we've had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, that's why the year for us is, is really 2022. Yeah. And that's the year that we have three giant supermarket chains or placement mm-hmm. in some of them. Yeah. And it's our opportunity to write the, the future of focus. This doing well this year will dictate our future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What uh, what took you to New York, and how is that any different operating from there than it was when you were living here? Oh gosh, significant <laughs> change, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So my co-founder Tom is from New York, okay, from Long Island. Uh, grew up there, made his um, really established his career there before moving around the country and settling in Louisville. And um, you know, when I got to New York, it was thought to it was envisioned to be a six month stay. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started to have some really good success. And, you know, Tom was, it's a really, you know, it, it's a market for us that's obviously so dense with people, but it's so influential. And it mm-hmm. gives you the opportunity to have a national presence without a national footprint, right? So you can have, you know, you've got a significant number of the top chains in the country that run through that or have presence in that area. Right. Um, the top Whole Foods in the country are in New York City, the top shop rights, the top um, stop and shops, Wegmans. But, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's a great foothold to start to build out that corridor because from Boston to D.C. is the highest population of people in the U.S. So um, when I got up there, um, you know, I moved to Brooklyn and um, – I'd be honest with you, as embarrassing as it is, I never understood or appreciated the square feet, mm-hmm. right? Um, <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, you know, this house is 
it's a 2,500 square feet or it's 2,000 square feet, whatever. And I was like, that means, means nothing to me. <laughs> and then I started to look at apartments in New York and I was like, this is what 700 square feet is, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and this is what you're charging for it. Uh, so there was a little bit of personal shock there, but you know, the, the big geyser has 15,000 accounts that they sell to, right? They do the five boroughs in Long Island and then Westchester County. Mm-hmm. And what we realized is going up there with no chain authorizations that they're going to give you this space. You own this space, right? Yeah. Um, uh, was, was probably a, a mistake on our part because we were very inexperienced in the industry. We hired people that knew what they were doing for New York, mm-hmm. but we were stuck spending and still are stuck spending so much time on managing the mom and pops, the guys on the corner that, you know, they want to, they want to free fill. They want four cases for free. And if you don't sell as fast as an established brand, then they're not going to give you a spot or yeah. you do sell as fast and then um, uh, no one goes and sees them or they don't make sure that they don't know that you're a priority for them um, or that they're a priority for you. Uh, they'll put something else in there, some other mm-hmm. deal. You know, we had some places that we'd so, sell so well in and then uh, you'd come back and our space is gone and uh, the manager would be like, oh, I got a free fill from such and such brand. Right, so... <laughs> you know, being in CVS up there now and being able to distribute that, we own that space. So we don't have to worry about it. We just have to keep it stocked. Mm -hmm. Corporate offices, right? I mean, I thought when we got there, I thought, um, this is going to be just like Louisville. Won't be hard. You know, do a few demos, build a little awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when we did our meeting, the the guys, the big guys were said, you're going to want to change your packaging. Just not going to pop enough. And I was like, are you kidding me? We look awesome. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. It, it looks great in Louisville. Yeah. And then, you know, you're talking about the 20 foot cooler section with tons and tons of brands that we don't have here. Yeah. Right. Because so many people try and make it in New York. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we ended up having to change our packaging. That was kind of the genesis of that packaging change. And oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it made a big difference. Yeah. But interesting. It, it is something that is so competitive because what we've also learned is peach does really well in the South, uh, does really well in Georgia, obviously doesn't do well in New York city. It's our number two skew at Kroger and it it's, uh, number four in New York. Right. So you start to learn that these, these flavor preferences and that we've got, that's what guides our next flavors and what people are looking for. So the learning experience that New York has afforded us, you know, is, is unbelievably valuable, right? Because it's working with the toughest, largest distributor, Mm -hmm. non-alcoholic distributor in the country, which has informed us on how to work with, you know, the 15 that we're about to add on next month. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a big, it's been a big deal for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, it's cool to hear the whole story. Uh, Obviously love the business. Uh, I'm big supporter of the product. So appreciate it. Before we let you go, uh, we have a little tradition What's your best restaurant in Louisville? What do you favorite place to go out to eat? Um, you know, I've had to ask people that because there's been like where I should go because there's I've been in New York for two and a half years, yeah. uh, and there has been so many new um, restaurants that have popped up. It's crazy. 
Yeah, and uh, a lot of what um, forms my uh, opinion on my favorite places are the ones that gave Focus a shot. Yeah, uh, oh, unbelievably biased. Yeah. I've also, which I will not name, some places that have not carried us that I don't <laughs> eat anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I would say that um, I would say that my favorite place, like if I'm just going to go with anybody just mm-hmm. for a casual bite to eat, it is. Um, Joella's is yeah. actually oh yeah yeah Joella's or Grindburger I do okay. oh yeah, yeah, yeah Grindburger's yeah, good too good. yeah yeah, yeah that's, yep. those are my favorite for yep. sure yep I haven't been to Joella's in a long time that needs to yeah I hadn't yeah. been either until I went um, like the twenty third uh, just popped in there and it was nice it was awesome felt like yep. being home it's, yeah. yeah it's the spot doesn't yeah it, it really yeah. does those it little really fries does. are so good too oh, yeah man yeah, yeah. I mean. Can't I don't usually it. feel good, you know, a couple hours later. I need a nap. <laughs> yeah. That's long. the best part about it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Well, John, the yeah, Echo Nathan, a big fan. You have a really impressive story. So uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, and talking about focus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I, I know both of, both of you guys have been really supportive of focus, you know, vocally and, and getting involved in the things that – you guys both do, uh, whether it was, you know, it's YPAL or biking and, and, um, that means a lot to us. So really do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Anytime. Well, and like, you know, um, you guys do a great job with your product on multiple fronts. I think it's an easy product to support. hundred percent. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. All right.